Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about getting paid and who gets paid in what order. Investment options include a waterfall provision that defines the order precedence of payment. That's an important element of any investment. And on today's show, we're going to look at a few of the popular offerings in the marketplace, and then we're going to share what we do in our projects. Now, to be clear, we're not soliciting for investment here. This is an educational piece designed to explore investment structure so that you can better evaluate whether a particular structure is beneficial to you. Of course, you want to consult your CPA, make sure there's no unintended tax consequences. At the most basic level, the waterfall speaks to who gets paid in a project and in what order. There are infinite possibilities for structures that you could define for how investors and shareholders get paid. You can get as sophisticated as you want, but if investors can't understand it, it's not worth the extra complexity. We're going to restrict our discussion to talking about the profits from our project. It goes without saying that the operating expenses, the taxes, the lenders get paid first. What happens to the money that's left over? That's what we're talking about. Does it get retained within the company? Does it get distributed? How do you decide? In an ideal situation, all of these details are explicitly documented in the company's operating agreement. Let's start with minimum reserves. It's useful to outline the minimum reserves. Now, one way to state that is a dollar amount. I personally don't favor that. With inflation, that's a number that can change over time. If you state, let's say, three months of cash flow as a minimum, then that's more clear. It's an amount that can be easily calculated and will stand the test of time over the life of the project, even if that project lasts, say, 30 years. When cash gets distributed, it's useful to make a distinction between operating cash distributions versus a capital event like a refinance or a sale. Now, the operating reserves have been met and you've got some operating cash to distribute. If the project calls for preferred return, then it would make sense for this to be paid first. Next in the waterfall, it would make sense to pay out the residue to the owners according to share ownership. In our projects, we define our preferred return as a floor rate of return. And what that means is that the limited partners get the higher of either their preferred return or their profit share split. So let's say, for example, that the pref is set at 8%. And let's say that the profit share split would yield an 8.5% return on the money. In that instance, they would get their 8.5% share of the profits and the preferred return really doesn't kick in. It has no effect at all at that point. But let's say the project isn't generating quite enough cash flow and the investors would only get, let's say, 7.9%, then the PREF would kick in and the investors would get 8%. Of course, the general partner in that instance is getting less than their share. All of that seems pretty simple and straightforward. Now let's look at the capital transaction. If there are capital proceeds, either from a refinance or from the sale of a property, The simplest way to distribute proceeds from a capital transaction or a sale would be according to share ownership. That's what most operating agreements would say by default. In our projects, we make sure that the residue from the sale of a project after the lender has been paid and the taxes are paid off goes to repaying investor equity first. We believe that investors should be made whole on their investments before the profits get split. Unless you include that provision, when you do the math, there's a scenario where the project could theoretically make a modest profit, but the investors would actually lose money. And we, we just don't want that to happen. So it's important to include a provision that investors get their equity back first as a matter of principle. But if you remember, a moment ago, we also talked about the investors getting a preferred floor return. And if that pref kicks in, it means the general partner gave up part of their cash flow 
in order to fund that preferred return. On a capital transaction, we believe it would be fair to catch up on the funds that were paid to the limited partners and bring the cash flow up to parity, essentially making the limited partners and the general partner on a level field according to their share ownership. So to accomplish that, in our projects, we define a deficit account for the general partner that accrues in any year where the deficit in the net cash flow is such that the general partner didn't receive all of their share allocation of net cash flow from the property. That deficit is accumulated and then paid on sale or refinance of the property before making any capital payments. So then at that point, we make sure that the investors get their equity back first and then the remaining profits are split according to share ownership. As I said before, you can define virtually any waterfall that the mind can imagine. I believe it's important to be fair with your investors and generally to prioritize investors ahead of the general partner. I also believe it's important not to stray too far from industry norms. Investors typically invest in more than one project with more than one sponsor. So if you're an outlier and if you appear very different from the rest of the industry, you're probably going to have a difficult time raising capital. So today shows a very quick summary of how we look at waterfall structures. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.